black blurs, blitz, or rush, you'll turn that podcast up. Friends from the UK with something to say, just talking about everything. From the wonderful nerding world, the reviews they bring. These brilliant blurs give you the word. All the latest movies, animes, video games, and TV series. Call your friends who don't know and tell them what they're missing. Then sit back and relax and listen to Big T and I'm Martin and welcome to episode 249 of Bloods Are Russ. And I hope you have a nice swift episode for you today. Um, as I haven't seen everything that I wanted to, life has been quite hectic during my week off. Haven't even got to do a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do this week. But yeah, so, they didn't come and see me. They didn't want to come chill. Nah, they want to man. Like things, have been, <laughs> things have been hectic, man. Things have been hectic. Um, yeah, I, yeah, just a lot of things have just been happening. I've actually had to spend a lot more time outside in the world than I wanted to. I wanted to just be in my house, catching up on TV, catching up on anime. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, did get some things watched, so that's what I'll be able to review, and uh, I'll let the other guys talk about the other things. Um, but before we get into that, um, just want anyone that might be listening for the very first time, we at Blurs of Us have a very unique rating system. If we think something is absolutely awful, don't waste your time with it, it gets bones. Next up is quarter chicken, then a half chicken, a three piece, and if it's a creme de la creme, it gets a whole chicken. Um, now, I have not watched the Obi-Wan finale, but I will leave you guys to talk about it. I don't mind it being spoiled. I'm pretty sure I've probably had it spot for me already. So, what did you guys think of the Obi Wan finale? Go on, T, you first. Um, the Obi Wan finale. So, I um, I I thought the sh- the series as a whole was okay. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been great. I said the finale needs to stick the landing to really give this show a good, a, a great score. Um, the finale, I feel like. It did everything that I would have wanted it to do, but the I don't know how to put it. I don't know if it was the execution. Well, the execution wasn't bad; like it was done well. I just feel like there was something missing to make me uh, have a strong, like, emotional reaction to it. If that makes sense. It, it it was epic. It was an epic conclusion. Um, Nana, just so you know, we we do get another showdown between Darth Vader and Obi Wan. Yeah, I, uh, I, I knew that was coming, and I'm not. With, I'm not yeah, happy about it, it. it. It had to. It had to. But I'm what I liked is that they get straight into it mm-hmm. in this episode. They get straight into it. The fight pretty much starts straight away. Mm. It's not a super long fight. Like compared to their fight in Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. it's nowhere near that length. But the but, subcontext in there, geez. Exactly. But the 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 meaning behind the fight, I don't know. The the even though I'm saying it didn't give me a strong emotional reaction, there were strong emotions 
in this fight. And if anything, to me, it finally bridged that gap between Anakin and Darth Vader for me because I haven't seen all of Clone Wars and all the shows and stuff. I think I said last week, to me, there's still a disconnect between Anakin and Darth Vader. Mm. This one, like when I, when I see the Darth Vader costume, I can't see Hayden Christensen in there. I, it doesn't it doesn't work like that in my head. Mm-hmm. But after this episode, I could see it, especially during the fight, during the lightsaber fight. Even though he was using his one-handed stance, which is more of a Darth Vader thing, then I don't think Anakin used to do that when before he became Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though he's got a different fighting stance, it, it to me it finally felt like Anakin was in there, if that makes sense. I mean, um, his face as well. To be fair, you do get to see a bit of his face, and yeah, and that was done very well. I, I know they've done similar thing in—is it Clone Wars or Rebels or something like that? Rebels, yeah. yeah. When he's having a fight with Ahsoka, yeah, that's the so one, that, yeah. that that mirrored this mirrored that episode, yeah, which, which was cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I liked it. To me, this episode would probably get a three piece. Um, but the series as a whole, I still, maybe if I knew more about the Star Wars lore and stuff, and maybe I'd be able to pick up on more things. Like there was a lot of times they'd mention character names, like when they when Obi Wan was in that, or well, the cave, the cave with the tunnel, and he saw like mm-hmm. names carved into it, or when they saw all the bodies frozen in in the carbonite yeah. or whatever it was. I'm sure, like, I saw some people speculate that they thought they saw Mace Windu uh, and, and other people that he, he, he mentions. I'm sure if I knew who all those were and I had seen everything, it probably would meant more to me. But as a whole, for this whole show, it still lands on a, ho- on, on a half chicken. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very good half chicken. Uh, but to me, yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's a half chicken. Um like I said, the finale though is a free piece. It's very good. Uh, just a few, f- just quickly before I pass it to Martin, because I know he, he probably has a lot more to say than I do. Um, I liked that we got to see the Obi Wan stance again, where he like yeah. holds up the lightsaber and holds out his hand. The oh, form three stance, yeah, that was really cool. And then to see that go up against the one handed Vader style was pretty cool because the Obi Wan that we got in um the original star wars movie i don't think fought using that stance i talk about episode one Uh, yeah in in uh, three sorry in in the in a new hope so he does actually so he does actually so if i was to look at it from episode one to episode three in episode one he was he favored form four which is called ataru that's the style that has a lot of jumps in there incorporated into the into the fighting style. Um, yeah, I in meant, episode... Um, go on. Sorry, go on, go on. You can continue. I, I in, meant A New Hope, though, the, the old Obi-Wan. Oh, right, 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 right. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. I, okay. I think when he gets older, he uses a different fighting so, style where he, like, holds yeah. up. Yeah. So he went from Form 3 to Form 1 because, again, it's because of his old age. So... Um, as you can tell by different styles, a lot of them are more um, basic and more uh, some are more complicated. For example, you have Forms Geo, which is literally 
incorporating both force powers into fighting styles. Um, you get Form 3, which is great defensively, but has no real offensive value. It's basically just wearing down the opponents, and that's what everyone's great at doing um, mm. with Form 3. Um, you know, he used it perfectly against Grievous in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Um, and I think he had a bit of Form 5 in there when he swapped fighting styles with um, Anakin in Episode... Yeah, in Episode 3 as well, I think it was. Um, I think I think the best so, example mm. of, of how effective changing up your stance can be, especially in terms of mind games, is yeah. when Obi-Wan um, had that final, his final clash with Darth Maul. That it literally lasted what uh, seconds? Yeah. So actually, I was, was going to mention that as well. So in episode um, four, A New Hope, Obi-Wan's style changes to form one because for him it's a lot more manageable. It's um, because it's the force flowing through you as you're fighting, and it's simple attack defense uh, with that style. So it conserves a lot of his energy because also he's an old man at that moment in time. He doesn't have the benefits of having cybernetics in order to aid him in his fights and things like that. Mm. Um, so for him, it was good. Even in episode, um, the, the episode of Rebels where he fights Darth Maul. So it wasn't Rebels, I think it was. Was it Rebels or was it? Um, no, it was Rebels. It was Rebels, it was Rebels I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, he uses Form 3, actually. Um, so. Um, is that Qui Gon's style? Qui Gon, no. Qui Gon's um, star was Form 4 Ataru, which is why he got super drained when he was fighting against um, against uh, Darth Maul and ended up losing that yeah. because obviously it's because it, it expends a lot of energy um, and he was quite aged as well. It's hard to maintain that style. Mm -hmm. um, so it was. So he went from Form. Four actually, so, so just to break, just to break the fight between um, Obi Wan and Darth Maul in that time in Rebels, he showed form four because that's what Qui Gon Qui Gon used because that fight again that fight had a lot of subcontext in it because you know, mm. Master who used that form and even then um, Darth Maul um, was in his I think uh, his Geo stance um, then. Obi Wan switches to form three, Cerise, which is where you see his hand out and then the lightsaber over his hand, mm. over his head. That um, was to represent sort of like he, his change into you know the the the, the Jedi he is then mm. or he is now. Um, and then when we look at the fight, the exact same Darth Maul is hubris, trying to use the exact same move sets that he used in order to kill Qui Gon. Yeah, and obviously Obi Wan saw that. And it was to show that because he's changed as a Jedi, as a person, it's not going to work on him, which is why I was able to dispatch um, Darth Maul effortlessly. Yeah. Um, and I think in some context, it's also, it's also tied very much to this episode as well, mm. where we see the big display of force powers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'll get to more detail after you're done. Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan uses the force in this episode like in a way i don't think i've seen him use it before in terms of how uh, much like strength behind yeah. it there is do you know what i mean yeah um, yeah but yeah no so i like it, it cleared up a couple of things this episode so obviously everyone's been going on about well if leia knows him in this then why doesn't she bring it up later on and in this episode they kind of kind of explain it yeah, in do. terms of 
the last thing Obi-Wan says to her is, if you ever need me, I'll be here. I'll be there for you. Just call me and I'll come, which is what she does end up doing. Yeah. If you ever but need help, says, I'm a tired old man. <laughs> what was yeah. The used? yeah. And I was like, ah, that's it there, because that's literally how she... Uh, she contacts him and that's the state he's in he's a tired old man tired old man yeah. yeah but he also says something like but we can't let anyone know um, yeah essentially like what the relationship is between them mm-hmm. which even Leia herself doesn't fully know but obviously how what they've been to together how he, he would defend her and stuff he told her to keep it a secret. Don't tell anyone because it would draw trouble to both of them. So that's essentially why, even though I don't, at first I saw it, but as the, as the series went on, I kind of got over it. I was like, well, they never met in A New Hope. Um, do you know what I mean? She was on the run at the time, so she didn't really have time to have a stroll down memory lane with him. Mm. So it wasn't as big a problem for me as other people found it, but at least they kind of explained that away. Um, they also um, explain why after this, Darth Vader kind of stops pursuing Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of an explanation of that, just a brief little quick um, bit of dialogue between Darth Vader and a surprise little cameo from the Emperor himself. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that little bit of dialogue where... And it's funny because... I, I've been seeing a lot of these like little Darth Vader comics like explanations on YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Emperor is a fucking prick to Darth Vader, bruv. Like he's constantly telling him. I said this last recorded as well. Yeah. He gets he gets he gets punished, he gets tested. Yeah. Because what is that? So the whole part of the rule of two with the Sith, especially, is that I need to find an apprentice who will be stronger than my current princess to one day overthrow me. That's the whole premise of it, right? So, Darth Vader... They need, to, they need to not only be stronger than the current apprentice, but yeah, potentially but be stronger than the master exactly. as well, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And with... I'm sort of the one with um, Darth Vader losing his appendages, you know, where the midichlorians uh, sit in, he's mm. now become weaker in the force. So, and also his cybernetics as well are in such a way that he's... Um, susceptible to the force lightning that Darth Sidious has. So Darth Vader is strong enough to maintain his role as the apprentice. So that if he has as the apprentice, but he is not strong enough to overthrow Palpatine. Mm. And that's where and that's where Palpatine's frustrated because, you know, the reason why he chose Anakin was because he was ridiculously strong in the force and he had so much potential to not just surpass him but to actually become this fully realized dark lord dark lord of the of the sith mm. um and so darth vader is actually a former show of what he could have been potentially had he not um had his fight in uh on mustafa and lost his appendages and things like that mm. um which is yeah, so you can see that darth Sidious is actually such a prick to him from time mm. like, like constantly like, constantly which is why Darth Vader is one that is the way he is because like you saw how we in episode was it episode two or three where we saw him where he was just picking up people uh, breaking necks left right center yeah. and you know effortlessly fighting against um, Reva as well. Mm. Um, that's all you know a fully realized Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. This this the Darth Vader we got in this show was probably the best we've seen in live action form. 
probably even better than what we got in Rogue One in terms of his ability, his fighting skill, being in the in the the prime. Even though, like we've just said, he's he's weakened compared to what he could have been. But as Darth Vader, he's in his prime. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously, what we got in the original Star Wars movies, he was a bit older by then. Same with Obi Wan. And what we got in the prequels was pre-Darth Vader. So it was Anakin in his prime. But to be able to see Darth Vader, like like you said, just snapping necks and dodging lightsabers like it's nothing. And, like, yeah, it was very satisfying to see. Um, and, yeah, like I said, the, the Emperor kind of puts him down like, oh, yeah, you finished with your little thing with Obi-Wan yet? You, you still doing that? What's, what's mm-hmm. going on here? Why are you being such a little bitch for and then Darth Vader has to be like, nah, fuck that shit. Like, fuck Obi-Wan then. Like, he means nothing to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he kind of had to let that go um, to prove himself to the Emperor. Like, nah, I'm not I'm, I'm not bothered about that shit. Do you know what I mean? I am focused on just being the best Sith I could be and the Empire and everything like that. That's what I'm focused on. I'm not bothered about that shit anymore. Like, Anakin... That's something Anakin would have been bothered about. Do you know what I mean? But that's mm. not me. I'm Darth Vader now. And he even says something like, and I thought it was a cool line, because Obi-Wan's always like, oh, I have, I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. I, Qui-Gon would have done much better job than me. And Anakin's like, bruv, like, I'm, I'm not your failure. Do you know what I mean? I'm not your failure. And I thought that was quite a deep line, because it gives humanity to Darth Vader, where it's like, he is a he is a person like and it would fuck you off to just keep hearing like you yeah you, your your limbs have been cut off and you can't breathe properly and this and that and that but you're like the second in command of a galactic empire so in a way you've kind of made it do you know what i mean so to hear someone keep saying oh i failed you like you're nothing but a failure in my story do you know what i mean whereas Anakin's like, well, no, I'm living my own story and I'm, I'm Darth Vader. And he even says something like, you didn't kill Anakin, I did. Do you know what I mean? I killed him. I was like, oh, shit, that's deep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked it. Um, we get a little... Oh, also, Obi-Wan calls him Darth in, in this, which is cool yeah. because that is another thing in the Star Wars kind of fan community that is kind of a thing. In A New Hope, um, obviously, that being the first movie, George Lucas hadn't planned out every single aspect of this. So Darth wasn't a Sith um, title yet. Darth could have been his name. It could have just been Darth Vader. So Obi-Wan, when they have been their fight, Darth Vader says something like, oh, when we first met, I was the apprentice. Now I'm the... No, when we last met, I was but an apprentice. Now I am the master. And Obi-Wan says, oh, only a master of evil, Darth. And it's like, well, you wouldn't call him Darth. You'd call him Vader. That's his name. Darth is just the title. It's Mm -hmm. like calling someone Doctor or or Mr. Or Sergeant or whatever the case is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in this, they kind of added context behind it where it's Obi-Wan is saying that to him as a kind of uh, mockery in a way. Like, like he, obviously, being a Sith is a bad thing. So if you're a Darth anything, you're, like, in his eyes, in eyes of the Jedi, you're, you're bad, isn't it? 
Mm. So he's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, doff. Like, yeah, whatever, doff. Do you know what I mean? It's like a mockery of it. So I, I like that little context that they added to it. Um, and finally, I liked that it took us six episodes, but we finally got to hear Obi-Wan say hello there. I thought that was Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, geeked out, I geeked out over that as well. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the line. Oh. Yeah. Especially who he said it to as well. Was yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm done. Uh, I'm basically done. There's a half chicken. The whole show is a half chicken for me, but that episode is a free piece. So with this episode, I gave I've given it a whole chicken purely because it does so much. It does for me. It does well to bridge the gap between um, the Clone Wars, um, obviously Revenge of the Sith, Clone Wars, um, into A New Hope. Mm. I think they've done it in a way that I, I guess old fans and newer fans will, will appreciate um obviously star wars, i the first star wars i watched was probably um episode one in cinema um this was in ghana and then and then i went through episodes four five and then two and three just because of where it was released and whatever my parents got me the the original trilogy um v, what's it called vcr vhs whatever it's called yeah, the, the, yeah. The videos yeah so I watched it, so that's how I got into Star Wars and yeah, they did a very they, they did it in a tasteful way as well because um, with the you know with the sequel trilogy I mean it's been shot on left right and center for good reason um, so I, th- I, th- I think you know Star Wars is one of those that you no matter how you do it you're gonna upset someone down the line do you know what I mean but I think in this case this was the, the series was done it was done in a nice way um um, I think from episode one to episode six, yes, you, I mean you, you you do have oddities like say Reva, for example, why she why was she significant in the story? But you know she was just a way to drive the story forward. I think it was good. Um, I mean, as in the the character being there was a good way of driving the story forward, um, rather than it just being always Vader, Obi Wan. Um, so yeah, give, I, I give it a whole chicken. The series as a whole for me is it's probably a three piece. There were some things early on which I didn't, which which just annoyed me. For example, Leia being able to run away from her captors. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know the word for it, but it just, it, just, it just rubbed me wrong. And then um, do you know what I think? Do you know what I think that was? I can't remember if I said this last week or if I've said it before, but I think that is the first time we've seen the limitations of the um what's it called what, what like the, the the film stage that they're filming on mm-hmm. was it what's it called you know it's got like, the uh, screen yeah it's got a screen in the back of it yeah i, I know the one you use the technology they use for the mandalorian yeah the same for yeah the mandalorian. i think this is the first time we've seen its limitations because there's only so far you can run when you're in a limited space do you know what i mean mm-hmm. but they're making that limited space seem like a big open forest. But yeah. It's not. It's actually just a room. A, 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 and it's not even that big. So when they're filming those scenes, they can't go all out and just and, 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 and blow as fast as they can because they'll end up running into the wall. Do you know what I mean? So they've got to like, they've got to sell it in the scene, but then at the same time, they've got to limit how fast they're actually running so and i thought the same thing when i was watching i was like these kidnappers are fucking shit like 
um, why is she running like a little idiot and uh, <laughs> and they can't catch her but i think that's just a limitation of the technology and the and the space um that they had yeah yeah um cool so yeah so that, yeah so overall i think i'll give this i'll give a series uh um I, just, I, I think I think for me, I give it a whole chicken. I think my bias does play a part in there. There are some things that I did have issues with, but overall, I think um, the series was very, very good um, for the reasons I've given. Um, so, oh, just just a few. Go on. Sorry, we we've already ruined one cameo. Should we ruin the other one? Go on, might as well. <laughs> so spoilers. Spoilers. Just, spoilers. So yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Ace, you still there listening? Yeah, I think I know which one you're going to go with anyway. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, at, at the very end, uh, we get uh, a cameo from Qui-Gon as a yes. sports ghost, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, because if I'm not wrong, is it not Qui-Gon that first discovered how to do this force ghost thing? Yes, it was, and then he showed Yoda, Master Yoda, how to do it. Right, and then yeah, Master yeah. Yoda told, um, in fact, in episode three, Master Yoda told um, Obi Wan that his master is waiting for him, or he should go commune with his master. Um, mm. Stuff along those lines, yeah. Um, which, which obviously right. pointed to um, to Obi Wan learns himself to become a Force ghost, which he does um, yeah. uh, throughout throughout the original trilogy. Yeah. So does that mean then, because obviously, like you said, in, 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 in episode three, in Revenge of the Sith, Yoda says, oh, your, your old master has discovered whatever, whatever. Do you know what I mean? He's mm. basically a force ghost and, and yeah. he, can, he can teach it to you. It, I can't remember if he said that exact thing, but that's, that's the, what I remember getting from it is that Qui-Gon yeah. was going to teach Obi-Wan how to do it. Yeah. But this is 10 years later and it seems like he's only just seeing him. And yeah, and that's because... says something like, "I've been here the whole time. You just haven't been ready to see me." Exactly. Or something. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. the way to explain that is because remember, everyone felt a massive sense of betrayal and also guilt for what happened with you know Anakin turned to the dark side, mm. Padme dying, and all that stuff, and even the downfall of the Jedi Order. So because of that, his connection to the Force was broken. And yes, we even saw throughout, yeah. throughout the series that he tried to call on Qui-Gon, but he couldn't because he wasn't ready. Like, like Qui-Gon said, he wasn't ready to because he hadn't mm. imbued himself in the Force. He'd cut off that, that connection. And I said before, the, the use of the Force is like a muscle where you have to constantly train in it. And even then, sometimes you're still blind to certain things. For example, the Jedi Order, all those masters were blind to the fact that you had Palpatine who was there clouding the Force Visions or everything like mm. that. And that's what led to the downfall of the Jedi. Um, so, um, just moving on, not moving on from the conversation, but moving on ever so slightly. Um, I really like the subcontext in, um, in the fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. Because at the beginning, before we see everyone getting buried um, under rubble, we see that Vader does have the upper hand, and actually Vader does bury him in the pit. Mm. Um, this shows that, you know, when it's Vader in control and not Anakin in control, he's able to defeat any Jedi, regardless of who they are, right? Mm. And we've seen um, time and again in, say, Rebels, 
in um in other publications, the Star Wars publications, that this like Darth Vader does this, and he does this with ease. Um, mm. I, th- I think there may be three, it's either three or six Jedi that he couldn't defeat by himself, but these guys, I think these guys are legends, and like, they were ridiculously powerful anyway. Um, in fact, one of them was one of, um, Darth Vader's earliest um, fights with, with the Jedi, and he just got toyed around with. Um, mm. So, after getting buried in rubble, and then we see, obviously, the hubris of Anakin Skywalker the forefront right and that is something that we that was already told in episode three i believe three or four i believe where you saw the fight between or the training montage between um anakin and obi-wan where obi-wan says you know the more that there's more than one way to win a fight and you know he did and even darth vader did that against reaver as well but you can see that because anakin is so focused on winning and he's so arrogant he came into the forefront rather than being darth vader so um when Obi Wan breaks out of his out of his uh, let's say rubble prison, um, mm. we see that he takes the upper hand and actually manages to defeat um, defeat Darth Vader. Now, um, two things: one, the reason why Obi Wan was able to display such a massive amount of uh, power, which he hadn't previously done, um, is because he had a flashback of his, I guess, his passion, which is his responsibilities to protecting both Leia and Luke. And because of that, he gained more power in the Force. Um, the Sith know very well that the stronger your emotions are, your passion is, the stronger in the Force you are. Yeah. And this is something that the Jedi teaches against because obviously it can lead down to, to other places. For example, when um, Anakin... Because he had such passion for Padme and loved Padme, he was then manipulated into trying to save her and blah blah. And he ended end up realizing that, oh, or end up coming to fruition that he was the one that killed Padme. Um, not that he wanted to, but his passion, his emotions got the better of him. He ended up doing. Mm. He ended up doing that. You see a lot of displays from other Jedi who have not necessarily gone into the. Um, into the dark side, but because of their passion, like their or their love for for someone, they've managed to display feats such as Force Lightning, which is often seen as a Sith thing, but actually no, it's just a passion thing. Um, they've done that. They've done um, other other massive feats. So in this case, we see Obi Wan display a power of black power in the Force, which he's never ever done before. Um, Obviously, in the in the Clone Wars, for example, he he was swallowed by um, a bounty hunter. Actually, who was pure muscle. Um, and in fact, that I means so. Th- this this alien is one that's just I think it's got tentacles and then is able to because he, this alien sits in armor. Uh, he, he then keeps his form. Um, basically, everyone was swear by him. He used force repulse, which is a very very strong force ability. But every time he displays such power, he has become extremely weakened. In this case. Um, Obi-Wan wasn't weak and actually was still able to continue the fights, which is something that he's never done before either after displaying such power. Mm. So um, it shows that when you have passion in the Force, then you end up being stronger, which is the only way to explain, you know, to, to explain the, the, the show Force that he did. Mm. Um, so can I just ask you something? Go on. I thought that as well. In the moment, when he did that, you're right. He, he You see him thinking about Luke and Leia and like, like in a kind of Spider-Man way, he like summons the strength and and and, and blasts his way out of that thing. Yeah, 
like you said, he got the strength from his emotions and from his um, connections to people. And that is, like you said as well, um, like forbidden in, in, mm-hmm. in the Jedi um, teachings. That's a Sith thing. So is it the case that the Sith, because they do use their emotion, are they actually more powerful than the Jedi? Because it looked like Obi-Wan wouldn't have been able to do that unless he accessed his emotions. No, it, it, re- it really does depend. It really does depend on the kind of Sith you're looking at. For example, Darth Maul was mm. someone who wasn't strong in the Force to begin with, but he ended up becoming stronger because, I mean, it was his hate that was basically um, helping him. Um, a good case, actually, is Darth Vader. So if a Sith needs to be more like Darth Vader, and this, and this is Darth Vader who's cool, collected, um, his rage is a ball to the surface, but it's contained within him and yeah. that's what drives uh, a sith or a jedi to be stronger than they are um mm. if you try and display that if for example in this fight we see anakin come forward rather than darth vader um throughout the fight i can see just that because anakin is so focused on you know just killing obi-wan as not darth vader you see the mistakes he makes um you see him falter and things like that whereas Darth Vader that we saw in um, episode was it episode four or five when he was fighting when he was episode four I think or five when he was fighting against um, Reva that was purely Darth Vader as in yeah. I am so much better than you I am using my I, my emotions are bottled up inside me but they are fueling me um, I saw just the, the like, level of difference in power it's almost like. Um kind of like the, the relationship between an abuser uh, an abuser and his victim uh, but in this case Anakin kind of takes on the role of the abused and Obi-Wan is his abuser because no matter how far past those events you get when you come face to face with the person again the person that abused you or whatever it all starts coming back and as much confidence yeah. and whatever you've built up absent them, it all just starts to disappear the moment you see them again. So yeah, that's, that's that's definitely one. Yeah, it's definitely one. You will see times that people who are doesn't matter how successful you become a stuff that you have something like you still have an issue okay, that you like haven't really yeah exactly something exactly or an ex exactly. or something, do you know what I mean yeah yeah so that's that's a really good point actually. Yeah. Um, well, which is also why we mentioned that um, we mentioned that. Afterwards, when Palpatine asked Darth Vader, "Are are you? You know, I mean, is Obi Wan still an issue?" He went, yeah. "No, he's not," because it's the second defeat he's had under, like you know, um, under Obi Wan. So now he's thinking to himself, "I just need to be me, Darth Vader. Anakin yeah, needs yeah. to just be drowned completely, and then that's that's it. Darth, yeah. I am me, Darth Vader. Um, Anakin is literally no more. But then we get from I mean, But then obviously in Rebels we get a flash of Anakin still there, and in fact it's Anakin who comes to the forefront in um, um, uh, was it Return of the Jedi. Yes, Return of the Jedi, where um, he ends up overthrowing Palpatine. Literally kills in inverted commas Palpatine. But then again, everything and then in, in Rebels. Sorry to talk, but again, in, yeah. in Rebels, it's because he's facing um, Ahsoka. So yes, again, exactly. Like, someone who he's had another emotional attachment to, exactly. someone who he's taught, 
and then and that's him why, yeah and that's why when luke kept saying oh there is still good in him and stuff it, yeah. it took it took luke skywalker it took the man it took anakin's own son do you know what i mean like that that's a connection in general you can't <laughs> ever with your children do you know what i mean no matter who you are you're gonna have love for your children do you know what i mean so even though he can try and turn away from his old mentor and friend, he can try and turn his back on his his old his own Padawan and friend. But when it comes to your children, you you, you can't do it. And even though Obi Wan can bring out the Anakin in him again, it just makes him frustrated because he associates those memories with frustration, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And yep. the same with Ahsoka. But when it comes to Luke, Luke kind of represents the future and like i said it's his child and he doesn't have that past connection to all the frustrating and traumatizing events by the same time it brings him out of that darth vader kind of mentality and brings him back into anakin like we've seen he he is able to do yeah, uh, exactly exactly yeah no do you know what this this show was really good man this this show yeah, it was, was it, it did a lot and even even in the fight itself between Darth Vader and, and Obi-Wan, like you said at the start, he's purely Darth Vader. He's very calm and collected, and, and he seems to be winning the fight. But as soon as Obi-Wan starts bringing out that emotion in him again, even though emotion is kind of like what powers Sith, it's kind of a death It's his own downfall, yeah. Because it starts making, and then I guess this is why the Jedi teach not to have emotion because it clouds your judgment. Exactly, it's irrational and all of this. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 very yeah, it's very good, man. Very good. Yeah. So just just a couple more things before we move on. Um, I liked at the end where we see Leia dressed up in her white um, in her white outfit with you know like the Jedi vertical yeah. Jedi boots and then the host pistol holster because yeah. it does two things. One, it reminds, it tells you that this is Leia in the future where she's also got a blast on a hip and everything like that, right? Um, and also it plays very well to Padme in episode two, Attack of the Clones, where we see her in that in a very similar yeah, yeah, right. where they're captured. So those two play very, very strongly to each other. I thought that was really good to see. Um then there's also um obviously Reaver's redemption um in a way. Um so Obviously, she's a dark side user. She's not exactly a Sith, but she's a dark she's a she's a dark side user. And the fact that she was able to she wasn't able to carry out you know the act that she was trying to do shows that there was still good inside her. And her you know being redeemed at the end, throwing away her lightsaber and away at the end was a show that you know she's actually overcome her insecurities, her revenge, um, and. For her, I haven't. I have no idea what her story is, um, but I'm hoping she'll be because we've seen her in Obi Wan. I'm hoping that we'll see her in other publications, um, somewhere down the line. I'm sure she will die at some point, but I would still like to see her character's uh, progression. Um, also, in the fight with Reva, it explains why um, Owen has a limp. We see we see that he has a limp in um, A New Hope, so. Um, this also bridged that bit there. So um, again, I think I think overall episode six, especially, has done very well to sort of tie everything together, um, leading into episode into the into the original trilogy. Um, I haven't got much more to say, but Nana, um, I hope you enjoy. 
So because there's, there's a lot. I mean, I, I watched it twice because there was, there was some stuff in there that I really wanted to sort of capture. Mm. Um, well, I and think, not just the fight between Obi-Wan and uh, Vader, but just other things involved in there. I think overall, I'll probably end up giving the season a, a half chicken. I don't think the finale is going to do enough for me to improve my grade that much. But obviously, mm. I'll you know hopefully get an opportunity to watch that this week. Um, what are you guys' thoughts about there potentially being in a season two of this? Or do you think this is... Yeah, you don't need any more. So right at the beginning, I said that at some point, um, I don't know if it's going to be if we'll see a Darth Maul fight. So um, Obi Wan and Darth Maul fight. I don't think there needs to be one, but for a, for a potential season two, we could see maybe Darth Maul in the shadows doing something. Um, actually, I'd like to see Obi Wan specifically um, communing more with Qui Gon. Um, and just what he does as Obi-Wan there, because he's done, he does very well on tattooing, just blending into his surroundings. Um, up until season, episode uh, four, we don't see him being captured by any um, stormtroopers. Um, for the most part, he seems to be very well hidden. And also, he is actually able to play on the fears of the Tusken Raiders. Um, and oh, I, th- I, think, I think he portrayed some monster that they're scared of. Um, he may have very well generated that that himself, so that it, so that he could protect um, um, Luke and and Owen and the family. Because um, Tuscan, well, it, it says their name, Tuscan Raiders, the same people. They are known to go around raiding villages and things like that. They have their own code of honor, all that stuff. But yeah, be, be for me, I'd like to see more of that. Just exactly how he brought up this this monster that these Tuscan Raiders are now afraid of. Um, and just you know more with what he does between between this time and when he um, meets Luke again. Okay. Big T, what about you? Are you excited for season two? And what what are your thoughts on season two? What would you like to see for season two? Yeah, I mean, originally I, I thought this would have been a one and done, um, uh, and yeah, I, I didn't really. I thought like, well, once they've covered this story between him and Darth Vader, there's not much we need to see but from what you've just said Martin yeah I think I think we could definitely have a season two uh, the way this ended I thought okay yeah season two have him and Qui-Gon do you know what I mean Qui-Gon can be training him um, to, to to like to to get his full power back do you know what I mean because he's mm. been like without using the force he's, for like 10 years he's gotten a bit sloppy or something so maybe he's going to start training again or mm-hmm. something I don't know it, it, could, it could be really cool um, yeah, even get an appearance from Yoda. Do you know what I mean? Because yes, Yoda's definitely hiding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they can communicate at some point. Uh, but that thing that you said about the Tusken Raiders, that would be sick. Because you're right. In, in the original movie, when the Tusken Raiders are attacking Luke, Obi Wan turns up and does some roar or something in it, like he yeah. makes some noise like a monster, and they all run away. So it would be cool to see like the backstory of that like what what's the relationship there like is this a real monster that he can imitate or is this just a purely fabricated monster that he's made up just to, mm-hmm. to, to kind of herd them or like control their movements in a way do you know what I mean yeah so that, that could be very interesting yeah I'd definitely and, do a season two and lastly a season two doesn't necessarily have to be Kenobi it could be Darth Vader or something like that because I also want to see Darth Vader as you know as himself so all the tests that Palpatine gives him um, even from when he first dons the dons the helmet um, 
after maybe after the fight he has with Obi-Wan and him going around hunting Jedi. That's something too that would be interesting to see, I think. So the se- a season two doesn't necessarily have to be called um, Kenobi season two. Do you know what I mean? It could just be another series leading on from this called Darth Vader or yeah, Vader, or whatever the case is. Um, it would be yeah, cool. Be you could he... see more content for both of them. Yeah, it would be cool to see how Darth Vader got his red lightsaber as well because we still haven't really seen that in live action. Yes. Yes, you are right. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, did anyone of you watch the latest episode of Miss Marvel this week? Yes, I did. All right. I'll leave you guys again to go over that then. <laughs> All right. To you first, Mr. Coibok Expert. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to go too much into this one. Um, it was okay. Uh, it, was, it was another good episode. Uh, probably the same quality that there's been from the first two um i think it's maintained its quality probably still a half chicken for me uh as a very harsh half chicken though because even though obi-wan kenobi was more like epic and had more like big characters like obi-wan and darth vader and all these people ms marvel the style of it the acting the humor the 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 editing all the little animations over it, I'm really enjoying it. Like, and to me, if you would have asked me at this same point in the Obi Wan show, like if we was three episodes into Obi Wan and three episodes into Miss Marvel, and you would have asked me, okay, you can only continue watching one, I probably would have picked Miss Marvel at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's good. We get a bit more information on the bangle itself. Um, we get a flashback of how it was found, which is very interesting because we find it on a severed hand, uh, on the arm of a, on the, the wrist of a severed arm. Sorry. Yeah. With, um, in the comics, how does that in the comics? How does that um, play out? Is it very similar? So in the comics, like I said, the bangle is nothing in the comics. It's it's like a utility. It's like Batman's utility belt. Mm. It's just a compartment thing for her so it's not really anything it's like this. It, was given to her, it was given to her by her her nan the same way it is in this and it's like a family passed down thing but there's no major relevance to it the way that they've made it in this um like it like i say in the comics it's just the terrigen mist she gets the terrigen mist and her powers activate and they've done something similar here Whereas I, I think we've had confirmation this episode that she's not inhuman. Um, yeah, she's from another they, dimension. They say she's from another dimension. She's actually what is referred to in modern day as a djinn, which mm-hmm. is kind of like, like a, not a demon, but like a mischievous kind of entity. So, Some of them are more so from my understanding of what a djinn is, it's like, so when... Um, God Allah created um, created humans it wasn't just humans he created there were also a jinn there was the jinn that basically humans and jinn don't interact with each other usually mm. right um, I don't know whether they're separate arm I don't know if I don't, I don't think they're, they're not angels per se I don't think they are anyway from no correctly. but they are this other entity that does exist right um so 
that's my that's my understanding of jinn as in you know yeah. they can they can uh, given special circumstances they do interact with human hum, human beings but not really the case um for for the most part of it anyway um yeah that's basically it. that's, that that's is, my understanding no real correlation like like you said they're not really angels they're not really demons no they're, they're like their own thing do you know what i mean yeah that's why like for example we watch um, um movies like aladdin um Genie is a gin in, in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, or you like, have. Did you ever, did you watch American Gods? Yeah, I did. I've seen a bit of it. There was the gin that the guy oh, had sex with, and then he ended up. Well. That was the yeah. That was a bit of a weird episode. But I was yeah. like, ah, like, because it's another interpretation of of gin. So yeah, they're just. <laughs> it's just it's just diff- just different. Just a different example. I'm not sure too. how right I am with this as well, but mm. again because. Like just in talking with my wife and stuff, I've learned a lot about their kind of mythology and stuff. I think jinn are like they're either attracted to or they like hanging around like what's considered the bad negative kind of aspects of humanity. Do you know what I mean? So like in American gods, that the gin that was in that he was gay mm. do you know what i mean which again religion a lot of religions consider that to be uh, bad do you know what i mean mm. so also apparently one of the worst gin you can see is the toilet gin, is the toilet gin and again i don't know if this is just something that they get i'm gonna make it a thing for me to not take a shit anymore not because <laughs> shit anymore. i'm being serious but i'm listening no, don't swear, do it this is a thing, I swear. That's, thing, that's, yeah. this is, this, listen, that's my quiet time. No one comes and disturbs me. This, blah, blah. I don't even answer phone calls. Like, no, nah, don't do this to me. No, nah, skip right. it. I, I skip it. <laughs> All I'm saying is, yeah, that's, this is, that's why they make sure the toilet door stays closed. They never leave the toilet door open. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. <laughs> I close mine, yeah, but still, nah, bro. <laughs> What the no, listen, you can't give it listen, you can't give me a complex about my, 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 my toilet, bro. Don't do this to me. That's my time. Oh uh, let, all right, right. anyway, Miss Marvel. So also refers to a gin. Anyway, so yeah, Ms. Marvel's a gin. We get a flashback to um when they found the bangle. Apparently someone in a temple led told them to go here. Um they found it. I don't know if you noticed, but at one point they seem to be standing on the symbol of the Ten Rings. Yeah. That which, was which, the symbol, which, isn't it? Yeah, which is why I thought that the bangle could be something akin you to s- the Ten Rings. Yeah, you said that a lot. Well, I was going to say that the episode, but yeah. And the thing as well is, if you listen to what they're saying, when they first get there, they say, we need two. We need two of them. And then they're like, oh, but there's only one here. So it could be like the Ten Rings situation. Like th- There's the Ten Rings... And they're like, well, you're going to need at least two of the rings. Do you know what I mean? To do what you want to do. Or, But then th- then someone says, oh, we'll need two. And then someone says, well, where's the other one? Which makes me think, okay, maybe it's not the ten rings. Because you wouldn't say, where's the other one? If there was mm. ten of them, you'd be like, you'd say, do you know what I mean? That implies yeah. that there's only two of them. So it could be, again, like I, I said last week, um, the 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 oh fuck I can't remember what it's called. They're like these bands that um Quasar wears and it, it, it oh, made yeah, him uh, the, the protector of the universe. I think it's gonna be something like that. Um 
but it's still linked to the Ten Rings. So maybe the Ten Rings came from the same dimension that Ms. Marvel comes from. Because remember, in the end of uh, Shang-Chi, they said it's not... Um, it's, it's like Ms. Marvel couldn't recognize it from any of the um, civilizations or races in space. Mm. Whole, uh, Banner couldn't rec recognize it as like Wakandan or anything like that. Um, who else did they have? And Wong couldn't uh, place it as anything mystic. So it's those three kind of have space, earth, and, and magic covered and they didn't recognize it from any of them. But maybe the Ten Rings themselves came from this same dimension. Do you know what I mean? So they're not necessarily the same. That bangle isn't one of the Ten Rings, but they came from. They come from the same place. If that makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, they, they've really changed up the, the backstory of Ms. Marvel in this a lot. Um, but to be fair, I don't mind it. I still, the character is on point. Um, all the side characters like Bruno and stuff like that, they're all on point. Uh, I like this new family that's turned up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's funny, just funny about this new family turning up. The fact that she went before Cameron, Cameron's the cousin, it turns out, like, no, nah, he actually is the cousin. <laughs> yeah, 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 he actually is your cousin. Like, that, was, that was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say on this episode. It was, it was a lot of exposition, a lot of setup, but. I mean, and there was a bit of action, but yeah, to me, there's probably a half chicken episode. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing where it goes. Oh, the yeah. one thing I will say about this though, is there was a guy that, um, was doing, um, granddad martial arts style from boondocks because he had the belt. Yeah. yeah. No, was cool. All right. I was like, oh, <laughs> granddad's here. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it was an okay episode. I'd probably say a half chicken for me. All what right. Um, for me, I, I like this episode. I give this a half chicken as well because nothing much happens in this besides, um, you know, Kamala realizing that these, uh, I guess, I don't, I don't know what to call them. Um, these, the police, if it comes down, again, after them, for lack of a better word, after them. Um, I'm not sure what I still don't know what their role is why they were created in the first place it's just random just random superheroes or are they part of like um, the scrolls or something like that who are trying to capture these superpowered beings or whatever mm. I don't know but um, what I, I would say that I, I, I'm agreeing with a lot of what you said um, but sometimes what to add to was that I really like the way they're portraying Muslims in in, um, in this Marvel because um, I, I think especially for people in the West, right, who consume media that's, you know, very much Muslims, um, it's almost like people don't see Muslims as, you know, people be, be being, I guess, free to express themselves how they want to express themselves, running jokes and blah, blah, even in the mosque running jokes or whatever. Um, like the Imam, for example, um, is someone who's, he's a pretty chill guy. Um, yeah, he he even makes a joke of, of um, you know when the when the police come into the into the mosque with the shoes on. He just said, "Listen, next time yeah. take your shoes off." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And busting jokes here and there about uh, about um, there being a superpower brown girl and all that stuff. So again, I for if I think the one thing that 
I'm also the show. I, I mean, I, I like the show as well. But I think the one thing I especially like about it is the fact that they're just you're you're, you're allowing Muslims to see in a different light, and it's it's a positive one because you get Muslims from all over the world. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And and how many people have seen Muslims? You know. That go around like again. This is like the worst stereotype ever. But forgive me for this. But just as as an example out there, right? Just you know, I guess being up kids uh, or being up the 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 kids, whatever. When it comes to harsh punishment, kind of people's hands and stuff like that. Mm. Or forbid, one of them's a terrorist or whatever, doing doing terrorist shit. You know what I mean? But mm. this is like you, you it, it portrays it so well that not all muslims are like this it's only a few that are like this just like how in every extremist religion or every every in every religion you get extremists that do this yeah. thing and blah 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 so overall i really think that they've got a good job of showing pakistani culture um pakistani muslims um you know the foods and also um, also, just Kamala being, I think, uh, I think she's second gen or third gen, um, um, Pakistani American um, citizen who mm. is, you know, walking this fine line between being a Muslim and being an American, um, and just you know, going through the normal, normal angst of being a teenager in high school. So all that and like relationships as well. So all that is done really, really well. No, definitely, definitely, and um, I know I know we're gonna talk about the boys today a little bit. But, um, oh, oh yes, the boys. The, the um, apparently, I I read an article that a lot of um, what are they called? Is it right right wing? Like like Trump supporters, basically. Yeah, is that, is that right? Right wing. That's right. Yeah, they're right. A lot of right, a lot of <laughs> right wing people are like confused or like not happy <laughs> with the fact that Homelander is being represented as a villain. Ah, I remember reading about this. I want to share that as well. I want to share it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I saw that, and I was just thinking between that and having this Muslim superhero running about. Fucking Trump supporters must be losing their mind right now, bruv. Like, the fuck this? You can't have brown superheroes when you've got a perfectly good blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white hero over there and you lot are saying he's a villain. Fuck all of this, man. But, yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I think the representation is good. That's that's one of the um, the, the, the the key selling points of, of Ms. Marvel is, like you said, the same way Black Panther and and like Shang-Chi as well Shang-Chi um, Ms. Marvel uh, Captain Marvel sorry for, for, for women when that film came out and mm-hmm. that, all of that stuff do you know what I mean it's good that we're, we're that Marvel are putting out all of this um, more culture do you know what I mean like letting other people be represented and seeing themselves because it is yeah. important it is. I mean like I said my, my wife has never been interested in watching these type of things with me. She, I think the only thing she's coming with me to see is, is the Joker movie, which, again, mm-hmm. it's not very comic booky, y superhero y um, But, like I said, Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel, she's been into it. And that's because she's an Egyptian Muslim. So yeah. they've, like, yeah. targeted her specifically, it seems. Uh, but, yeah, it's getting people involved in it that, orig- that might not have got involved before. So, yeah, it's good, man. I, I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. 
Right, because you mentioned the boys, should we get into the boys then? Season three, episode six. I, yes. I don't want to hear any of this, so I'm gonna have the mic, uh, the headphones away from me. You haven't seen it, no, Ace. I have you seen you. anything? Busy. What have you been doing this week? I've been busy, mate. Huh? I have busy. been busy. He's yeah. been behind bars, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, God, you guys cool. Uh, uh, the boys. Give, give, give us like ten minutes on this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Herogasm, right. So before I watched Herogasm, I actually looked at it. So there's this comic book guy online who I absolutely love listening to. His name is Rob uh, from Comics Explained. And um, I think he himself recently got into The Boys, as in the, the TV series that he's also done. He looked at the um, or snippets of um, the boys comic book series i mean talk about vaults and whatever so, so this is so this is where i get my information this is the place i get my information from mostly and then i do an extra bit of reading here and there but herogasm was <laughs> done so all right so first of first and foremost right when you hear herogasm you think orgasm right so you must be thinking this must be the, that the, the, the most sex crazed episode ever and you're not wrong but in the comic books it's almost it's borderline adult content as in <laughs> as in stuff that you 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 lube up your hand or whatever people do and, <laughs> uh, and yeah you you go you're in your bedroom or wherever it is and you go to town on yourself do you know what i mean that's what a comic book is like and it'll be it'll be very 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 hard to sort of portray everything you want to portray in on on tv you know full world that that you know what i mean this this could be pulled out of like this whole episode could be pulled from your streaming services or whatever the case is uh-huh. But they did it in a good way. As in, you didn't see so much that... I mean, you could obviously tell what all was. You could obviously tell what was going on. Yeah. But it wasn't done in such an explicit way that that it was just purely pornographic. It, it, was, it, was, it was shot very well, I think. Um, it, it, I agree. It was shot yeah. very well. It was, it was borderline, like you said. Like, very borderline, but it didn't cross the line. There was a lot of dicks in this episode, <laughs> and a lot of tits, and a lot of implied movement, mm-hmm. uh, like just off camera. Like you might see, like in the corner of the screen, someone's at yeah. the back of someone's head bobbing up and down. Like, and you're not seeing anything, but you know what's going down. Do you and, know what and, I mean? also, and also the various, the various sounds as well that you hear. Oh, like, sound like that. oh the sounds are probably worse than the visuals, <laughs> <laughs> especially. Uh, I mean. It was cool. I feel like they did it a good in a way how they portrayed how superheroes, people with powers, would use their powers in sexual situations. Like of there course. was a guy with ice powers who who made an ice dildo. There was like the guy who we'd seen before in the previous season with the with the super dick. The Bro, what 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 did, what did mother's will call him? Um. Oh, love, 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 love sausage or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the love sausage. Bro, that, <laughs> oh, bro, his, his, oh, his thing is, 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 is something different, bro. Yeah. Oh, every time I see it, gives me anxiety. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's not good, man. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But, um, yeah, I, 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 but the, the noise, when you're talking about the noises, yeah, when Starlight walks into that room and the deep is in there, and he's getting deep into a very particular kind of puss. Like, a <laughs> Bro, do, do they even have that? <laughs> like, 
I don't know. I'm sure there's really? a beak there. I'm sure there's a beak. I'm sure there is a beak there. Like, how does that work? I don't want to know how it works. I don't want to know how it works. Unless his skin works like Aquaman, where he's used to the pressure of below seas. Listen, I don't, I don't even want to know. <laughs> Mate, yeah. I don't know, man. All I know is those... You knew what was coming from you heard the noises, bruv. That yeah, too, yeah. It was too slippery to be anything else. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so if, if someone has a tentacle porn fetish out there, this is a, this is an episode to watch. Uh, this is your episode, mate. You got giant love sausages and octopuses, bruv. Yeah, this is your this is your episode, boy. Anyone that's mm. into hentai, this is this is how you make the transition <laughs> to the boys. <laughs> yeah, man. But no, it was. Yeah. To, to me, this whole series so far has been a whole chicken. Um, I have the Boys is one of the one of the best comic book shows, live action shows that's ever been made. Yeah, uh, and, and the quality is still up there. Um, I like at the beginning the same way we had that um, kind of parody of the of the Kylie Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial. Oh, bruv, I would. Had... That's why I saw that. Also, I knew, I knew, I knew that's what they were implying and stuff like that because also yeah. the boys does mirror real life. Yeah, and then so in this one we got that um, a parody of the COVID celebrity karaoke video that they that they put out there when they were mm. like, we're, we're all in this together. We're gonna, and then we'll just we'll sing a song that'll make everything better. No, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> do something. Like, For real. Spend some money. Like, you lot are the billionaires, right? Spend some money. Exactly. So it, it was funny, again, like you said, to see them imitate real life. And they got actual celebrities like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Yeah, uh, I saw um, Pat, Pat and Oswald. They got a bunch of, of, of celebrities, which was pretty funny as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So I thought that was really good. I really liked... Um, so one scene I liked was when A-Train was speaking to... The, you know the chick who is sort of directing or heading um i guess the internal affairs of vault now oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, um, the woman that keeps ripping her hair out the woman that keeps ripping her hair out yeah is the name maybe. ashley maybe i think so, name's yeah. i think name's ashley um i'll i'll, I'll just yeah, yeah yeah so i think in this episode, we obviously, obviously from the from um, episode five, we see that um, A Train's brother is now paralyzed. Um, mm. I, I believe from the way down, um, doctors say he'll never be able to walk again. So I'm assuming yeah. that's that's his best case and worst case scenario. Whereas like the best worst case scenario, whereas like okay, you're paralyzed from the waist down, but he may be fully paralyzed. No idea. Either way, anyway, um, A Train wanted. Um, Wanted, oh, what's, what's the guy's name? The guy the one that says Super Lives Matter, and uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, Blue yeah. yeah. So, with him, um, he said that you know, he obviously wants justice, um, a simple apology is not gonna cut it, and blah blah. And obviously, I'm gonna say names actually for now. Um, she was given this, um, speech like, like the, the common the, the, the normal spiel that you know black people are tired of hearing which is um oh we're doing we're doing you know sensitivity training 10 week sensitivity training and all this and all that they make a scene and blah blah and keep the peace and blah blah all that stuff in my head i was thinking i know what she's saying obviously in real life that would that would 100 piss me off but for A Train, I mean, because it's happened to A Train specifically, I had no qualms with her saying what she said because she also brought up the fact that when it came to A Train and him, um, you know, having drug fuel parties and 
killing people right, left, right, and center, and then she had to deal with damage control. Um, and she heard about the one story that she also brought to the forefront. Um, the fact that he he killed Huey's um, uh, girlfriend as well, right at the beginning of the boys season one, and now all of a sudden, because it's happened to him, it's happened to his brother. He now wants some form of justice, but when it was him at a time where it didn't affect him, he didn't give a shit about anyone else because it didn't affect his life. He was fine to do everything he did. So I felt no sympathy with what what um what was being said to A Train because that's that's the thing with a lot of people. A lot of people seem to think that if it because it doesn't affect my life, I shouldn't have any say in it. I don't care about it. Blah blah. But immediately when it affects your life, then you have something to say about it. And you do get a lot of celebrities that go through this where um, ordinary people, fans maybe, will be saying, this issue's affected me, this is how um, your talking points, if the person is, for example, a, um, a news presenter or, or a host of something, this is what, this is how you say things, and this is what is portrayed and stuff like that, and it's hurtful. Yeah, I don't really care about that. Okay, cool. Oh, by the way, guys, my, my loving fans, I'm now going through cancer and blah, blah. Oh, but when I was going through cancer, when my family was going through cancer, <laughs> I didn't shit about them. It was absolutely fun for you. Now that you're going through it, or you know it's going through it, now I want a, want a sympathy. No, go away. And that's exactly what's happening in age train right now. Um, so I thought I thought it was, a, it was a good episode for that because that's the subcontext is that these heroes generally don't care about anyone but themselves. Obviously, it's done a way where, because of being a celebrity right from the get-go, um, you're thrust in the forefront. People love you for the sake of loving you because, you know, your costume, your powers, whatever the case is, um, you don't really give a shit about them as long as you get the ratings, and and that's it. Um, so this was, this was very, very good. I think it was meta because it does, again, it mirrors real life, as in celebrities out there. Obviously, you get celebrities are human beings too, so you get some that generally care about people. Um some that generally don't care about people. Um, so you get that in between, but yeah, I think the boys are very well in a train story to portray that. All of a sudden, he's become, he, all of a sudden, he's become, I don't know, woke to the fact that he's a black man in America and he wants to go on his journey of self discovery by doing these very, very ignorant things that some, some African Americans do, which is, I'm going to go to Africa and, and, you know, find some random, whatever is there i'm gonna i'm gonna come back with all these chains and stuff like that to say that i am now like do you know what i mean that, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing that kind of thing I've got, of course i'm not i'm not cussing out I, I, i'm african-americans i'm saying that there's sometimes they go oh you're in africa what's that like do you know what i mean mm. anyway that's what a train's going through right now so um um that that sub story was a very good one um i think it's cool just to just to add to what you were saying i think it's cool how and they've done it with with uh the deep as well mm. where they've made these characters initially very unlikable doing two of the worst things that you could do at the start of the show yeah train obviously yeah. killed the protagonist's girlfriend and the deep practically raped um Starlight. Yeah, so, and uh, I loved it when she also took the she also really recorded him getting sucked off by whatever. Oh yeah, that was jokes. That was and good. I was like, yeah, he deserves that one hundred percent because yeah, yeah. That's anyway. the thing. The, both characters are kind of going on a redemption arc in that they started off as like the worst people. You wouldn't even give them the time of day, but then you start seeing more of the humanity of them, especially well, both of them. Like 
A train has got his heart condition and he, he, he's like on the down, do you know what I mean? And he's, he's like an underdog now. Yeah. Same with the deep. The deep has kind of become an underdog. Like he he has gone on this journey of self-discovery and all of this. So their arcs as characters seem to be going along the traditional um, redemption arc, kind of like what Jamie Lannister got in Game of Thrones. He starts off as the worst, but slowly you see his humanity, you see why he acts how he does, you see why, and then you kind of start to like him. Whereas with these two, it doesn't matter what they do, they're all his pricks. They just keep doing prick shit. Like, you want them to do the right thing. Like, to me, it's got to the point where both the Deep and A-Train, I'm like, okay, do you know what? If you guys just tried to turn it around from now... You can have your redemption arc. You guys could be heroes by the end of this show. And, yeah, and everyone could be forgiven. Do you know what I mean? But they keep making the wrong choices. Like like when um Supersonic told A Train about the plan with Homelander. And rather and I was thinking, okay, I knew exactly straight away. I was like, no, nah, he's gonna go snitch on you. Mm. But that was an opportunity. If this was a traditional redemption arc, he would have probably joined the team. Do you know what I mean? But mm they keep making the wrong choices and that's what's good about the boys is it shows you true human nature do you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. we can be good yeah we can be evil but above everything else we just look to to self-survive do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we look for our own self-interest that is above everything really in in human nature and you can see it with those two characters in particular um like i said they they could have a, a redemption arc but they keep choosing not to. Um, I mean, even that moment with A-Train, like you said, where, where, uh, sorry, with the deep, when he got caught with the octopus and she took the picture, you're like, yeah, fuck you, you prick. Like, look at that. But then at the same, t- at the same time, when A-Train finally got that racist superhero in his hands and did what he did to him, was that not also like a fist-pumping moment? Like, he was like, yeah, fuck that guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... We can both be on their side and against them, like a train yeah, exactly. at the same time. If that makes yeah. sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really, it's really good writing what they've done, man. It is, and, and at the same time, you don't know what to expect from them. You don't know are they going to snake this time or are they going to choose to do the right thing this time? What are they? They're unpredictable, which again is is good for a show. You don't want anything to be predictable. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. That's why it works so well. Um, also to add to um to the episode the fight between um homelander soldier boy and um and uh butch i butch. think that was a i thought it was a very very good fight um, that was epic bro i mean you know, what, you know what's funny bro? about it i i did this is funny yeah because i had the same reaction when i was watching it you you didn't even bring up huey in this fight because to mm-hmm. be honest he didn't need to be there like you've got soldier boy and you've got Homelander, and already it's like, okay, these are the top, the two top guys. Then you've got Butcher there, who's got Homelander's power. So you're like, okay, mm. these are three powerful fuckers in this room right now, and it's about to go down. And then it does go down, and you're like, fuck, this is epic. And then Huey turns up, and you're like, 
okay, I guess you're a man. Oh, you, you, oh, you. Fine, go on then. Get involved, Huey. Go on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he, I thought I, 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 I did an all right job. You know he did I all right, you know. He did, I was yeah. proud of him. He, did, he didn't die. He didn't get injured. Exactly. So those two, those two take. But what I like more about that is that um, there was a moment in time when it was just Soldier Boy and Homelander. They thought, yeah, Soldier Boy has the advantage. And then Homelander... Yeah. It turned out that he he was actually the stronger of the two, mm. um, and then towards the end of the fight, I think it's Homelander's realized that actually these people ganged up against him shows that he's not this all powerful being. As in, you know, he was getting beaten, he was hurting. They almost um, got him. They almost got him. Yeah, and he was bruised up at the end. Exactly, exactly. So mm. it, was, it was good to show that you know. He thinks of himself as a god, and this whole fight showed that he is vulnerable. Mm. If he steps up, he can be gone, mm. and, and he, he even knows it. Himself. He even knows it himself because that scene where he's talking to himself and he's like, "Ra, like you are still human as well. Like there is still a part of you that's human. Like mm. that's the bit we need to get rid of for you to fully be a god." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was good to see that bit of humanity get fucking pummeled <laughs> in that scene man and you know what oh, i like man, it was righteous oh yeah oh it was so righteous and it was exactly what i wanted because i said last week i said as soon as homelander doesn't have the upper hand he's gonna bitch out he's gonna bitch out and yeah. he almost did it here you see he he was wiling out boy as they were holding him down he he was confused, scared, <laughs> upset, getting at it. Like, I was like, yes, that is exactly what I want. And then he managed to escape. But what I liked about this is that essentially, yeah, what they've done here, they've, it's kind of, like you said, it's meta as well. This is kind of like a Marvel versus DC thing because Soldier Boy is obviously Captain America and Homelander yeah. is obviously Superman. So, to see them two be represented as like the top of their uh, respective brands or whatever was quite cool because obviously Superman's the leader of the Justice League, Cap is the leader of the Avengers. And even the name of their team, Payback, is a synonym mm. for Avengers. Do you know what I mean? Payback, yeah. Avenge. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like you said, when they first fight, when they first fight it seems pretty even. Then... Homelander starts getting up a hand, which again would be how it went down if Superman was to fight Captain America. Captain America's strong, but he ain't that strong. Um, so it it was really cool to see it, and even the way they was talking, it could have literally been a conversation between Captain America and Superman when he was like, "Ah, oh, um, so when Homelander's like, oh, I was a big fan of you, and I love all, everything you did in the war and stuff like that." Yeah, and, um, and then Homelander. Um, Soldier boys, like yeah, you're you're just you're you're just a fake me or something. Like look at you, you we're a dickhead. Like you've even got a cape on and stuff like that. And that's the thing. A lot of DC characters have capes, and a lot of Marvel characters don't. So I thought that was quite funny. Um, and then, um, even yeah, and then the fight itself, what I thought was really well done. I like that. Um, I keep almost calling him Cap. <laughs> I like how Soldier Boy's shield is like. <laughs> Super heavy, almost like yeah. Thor's hammer, um, which was pretty cool. And yeah, I, I like how when Homelander first sees Soldier Boy in that footage, it proper shakes him up. 
like he knows like this this could be the end of me do you know what i mean like this 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 is the guy like this is the first time homeland has probably felt even if it was a little bit of fear and he had to turn it around and be like all right i'm just i, I just have to go kill him then like <laughs> i can't have this guy existing so um yeah and then even noir it seemed like even noir was scared of soldier boy yeah because as soon as they found out Soldier Boy was there, Homelander was like, "You got my back, yeah." Like, <laughs> and Noah was like, "Yeah, yeah sure." sure. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he was gone, boy, verbal way, he was gone. Yeah, down, cut that tracking beacon out of him. Like he was gone, mate. He was not. <laughs> he was like, "Fuck that." But it was funny, man. For real, it's like this. Is, this sounds like a you problem. This sounds like a you problem, mate. This ain't me. Which is which is funny. I'm still a bit confused though. In the show, who mm. Noir is? Is Noir the same black guy that we saw in the flashbacks, or is it the Homelander clone now? Because in the comics, yeah. it's a Homelander clone, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And um, I, when we spoke last 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 week, we or last episode, we mm. actually said that I I brought up, and um, yeah, we don't know because. Back then, Black Noir, obviously, it, it explains why he doesn't speak, right? Because Black Noir got mashed up by the by the by that skirmish that happened, mm. so he can't speak. But in this one too, he doesn't speak. So is he actually a clone, or is he? That's um, what I'm saying. Is he Jenny? Because I think with these heroes, they don't age either. I think if they have compound V in them, they don't really age that much. Yeah. That yeah. You might so that right. could be another. So that could be another explanation as to why is that Black Noir stayed around for so long because his aging process is slow compared to uh, compared to a, a normal human being. I mean, yeah. you just when you look at Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy still looks like he's in his prime, even though yeah. years have passed. I like how they've combined Captain America and Winter Soldier into one character in this as well. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's basically Winter Soldier as well, especially when he keeps yeah. hearing the Russian music or whatever. Mm. He, like, starts to black out and, and, and stuff. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving this show, bruv. This, this, to me, this is a whole chicken show. Had no doubt it was going to be, and I just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch this forever. If they can maintain this quality, I'll watch this forever. And I actually almost don't want Homelander to die. Like, I do, because he's such a prick. But such I don't, a prick. It's so good to watch. Like, it's so compelling, and, and yeah, man, I, I, I love this fucking show, bro. See, now that's good stuff. All right, should we get, should we get Nana to come back? Yeah. Correct, <laughs> man. Well, we've only got five minutes left, so get, let's get this done real quick. Um, uh, am I the only one that watched Umbrella Academy the whole season? No, nah, well, I'm uh, all right. Cool, you guys can talk about it because I'm I'm on episode four, but I don't mind the spoilers. All right, this is a whole chicken, man. Like I forgot Shit. how good Umbrella Academy is. Um, I talked about last week a show called First Kill and how like it was you know it didn't have the best fighting choreography this just reminded me of how you do fighting choreography man this is how you have smooth transitions you make the hits look like they're actually connected you have speed you have you know leg sweeps you have throws you have like 
every single fight scene was just fucking perfect. There was one scene where the CGI looked a bit off, but other than that, really enjoyed it. Um, I love how, like, in a sense, like, they've told a complete story. Like, if if we don't get any more, I won't be mad. If we get more, I'll be happy in it. Um, it was interesting to see how the sparrows and I was a bit mad that they killed a black guy first obviously (laughs) as they do but you know um, yeah man really entertaining I like the jokes Um, again I do kind of want to know what happens with Sloane and some of the other people but if we don't get continuation I am more than fine with it Um, T Uh, yeah whole chicken Um, this and the boys are two of my favorite comic book shows ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, this whole season was great. I'm glad I got to binge it. Um, it's, it's the writing. I can't even wrap my head around how they've done this. Every series is so different. Mm. It's so completely different. It's almost an anthology show, but at the same time, is a natural progression. If you look at where they are now, all of this is a result of what happened from way back in season one. This is a continuous progression of the story. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it it's so well written. Um, like every season starts with the repercussions of the previous season and all they've done is made things worse. They may, they may have stopped that event happening but in doing so, they've caused something worse to happen. Then in season two, they stopped that. And now we're here. Do you know what I mean? Like, literally at the point where it fucking looks like an episode of What If? Like Doctor Strange yeah. kind of shit going on. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so it's gotten so out of control now that you could almost think, ah, have they jumped the shark? No, because like I said, it's it's progressed here so naturally. The characters are so well defined. I love that they kind of had Ben as the the main antagonist of the of the other team because he was on their team as well. He was their brother, so they've got this emotional connection to him. Everything in this show has emotion. Do you know what I mean? And and that's what makes fight scenes really good. A fight scene can have the best choreography in the world. But if there's nothing behind it, if there's no meaning behind it, there's no, there's, you're not fearing a, a particular outcome, or you're not hoping that someone wins, or there's no context behind it. It it will it will be exciting for a moment, but the, but then it's it's done. Do you know what I mean? But when you've got all this emotion behind it, like both teams don't see themselves as the bad ones. You know what I mean? Both of them are just protecting their house and their family. Um, you've got, like, th- their dad, who obviously in this reality seems like a much uh, a much better dad to the family than the dad that, that the Umbrella Academy had. So, again, there's tension there. there <laughs> and it's so unpredictable. This show is so unpredictable to the point where within the first... I don't know how minutes of the first episode starting, we get a fucking dance off that that was nowhere. I was so confused. I was so lost. Like I was like, what am I watching? 
I I loved it. As soon as that happened, I was like, yes, Umbrella Academy's back. My favorite show. This is why I love it. Thank you. And then it expl- obviously it was confusing in the moment, mm. but it, then they explained it afterwards. Um, but just even during it, during the confusion and not knowing what's going on, I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the moment of watching these guys dance. And they dance and sing a lot in this show. And that just adds to their charisma and their lovability, I guess. But my favorite character is Klaus. Klaus is my guy. I, I, I love how sincere he is, how caring he is, how funny he is. Um, he is kind of the glue of that family. Do you know what I mean? Mm. My, it's either him or it's five. Klaus or five are my favorites. Although saying that, so is Luther, so is Diego. Nah, Diego is my I'm guy not from sexist season one. Or nothing. Eh? But I said I'm not sexist or nothing, mm. but there's six main characters and four of the best ones are guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's five guys now, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, boy, yeah. all I'm saying is, yeah, Elliot Page. Mm must have hated filming those first two episodes mm. because well first of all it shows how great an actor he truly is because he he, he plays a female character fucking like flawlessly I, I don't know how he does it like, it's almost <laughs> as if he is a woman <laughs> but, um, but no just little things like when when they first go to the hotel all the male characters go into one room and the two female characters go into the other room and I was like, oh, Elliot, was you okay with that? Was you right with that, man? You got put in the girls' room. Like, don't have it. And then, like, obviously they they incorporated it because we were, a lot of people were thinking, what are they going to do here? They've incorporated it into her character, which I don't think was the case in the comic. If it was, that would have to be the biggest coincidence to ever occur in television history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so... I. I, I appreciated what they did with it. I liked how um, her, her family were fully behind her. I liked how Luther was now con- confused onto how to react to it. Mm. It was very, it was very natural. It was very true to um, to life. Um, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to be too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, there were some things that made me laugh. Yeah. All right. Considering Elliot Page is a transgender male, mm-hmm. the fact that the love of his life is called Sissy is fucking hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, when she kept saying things like, ah, uh, like Sissy kind of brought this out of me, Sissy made me who I am now, she opened up something in me. I was like, yeah, I. I Bet she fucking did open up something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But you ain't gonna have that anymore if you're a guy now. And then she kept saying stuff like, "Ah, oh, I'm tired of being in a box." And again, that made me laugh because I was like, "Well, if you're a dude, you're gonna find yourself in a lot more boxes than you used to be, boy. Like, trust me, you're you're gonna be hunting them boxes. You, you now that you're a guy, you you should you you shouldn't you should be like." You can't wait to get inside a box. You know what I mean? So the fact that this is like, oh, I'm tired of being in a box just made me laugh. Because you know what a box is, right? Yes, we do. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's just my dirty 
um, humor, but that, that type of stuff's made me laugh. Well, I, um, I've mentioned that Allison has been the worst character previously. I'm pretty sure I have in the previous uh, seasons of Umbrella Academy. And again, I feel like in this, maybe not like worse as an actor or anything, but like she's just, as a character, she's actually pretty bad. Like she causes a lot of the drama and strife that the Umbrella Academy go through with just some of her decision making. Uh, uh, does she? Yeah. I would say I would say Victor has caused all the pain and strife that the team has gone through. Yes, but I'm saying that, like, again, in, I want to say, season two, Alison just, like, just makes some dumb decisions in it and just makes people, like, Victor, they, they push Victor over the edge sometimes. Like, obviously, Victor is the cause of the apocalypse in, what, season one and two? But some and three, things- in every three, in every season, she's the, he, sorry, he is the reason for the apocalypse. Every season, it's been him. Why was he the reason for episode three? Because he gave the power in the end of season two. He gave he gave the oh, power to the to, little boy to Harland, which caused the Kubrick. exactly which caused this season's one. So it's mm. still her fault. Yeah, or his fault. Sorry, his fault. Yeah, oh, it's but, just so hard. But, but yeah, no. If, why I look forward to hear what you think when you finish the season. Um, cool. That is all we have time for today. Um, oh, can I just give a two-second Lightyear review? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are done for today. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much, listen. I don't know when we'll be recording next week as I'm back to work and on late. And then we will figure it out and we'll get an episode when we can. So, without further ado, Martin, say bye to the people. Bye, everyone. Catch you next time. All right, Big T, say bye to the people. Light year was boring. I'll give it a, a quarter chicken. You're not serious. Bye, people. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, bye now.